you know, she's like, your pretty face will get you in the room, but you need to know what you're talking about to stay there. The Seven Figure Boss Podcast is finally here and it's all about ditching your detrimental thoughts to make the seven-figure money through your dream business. I am your host, Adrian Velasquez, the original seven-figure boss, and I'm going to be powering you with all of the knowledge you'll ever need to conquer your own limiting beliefs and to step into the life of abundance, joy, and guess what? Financial freedom. Aside from the one-on-one episodes, I am also bringing you insightful interviews with my million-dollar bosses who will teach you what it takes and how you can build your own road to generational wealth. So are you ready to step into the new chapter of the seven-figure journey with me? super excited to be with y'all today. This is your host, Adrian Velasquez with the Seven Figure Boss. Y'all excuse the way that I'm talking today, but I'm having a flare up with my lupus of all days today. It would decide they want to act up this week on me. But I am excited to bring my guest in today, which her name is Tisha Grant. But you guys know her as I am or contract her. So definitely a boss. She is killing it. And I'm going to bring my girl Tisha Grant up because I want for her to formally introduce herself. Hey, sis, what's up? Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. I appreciate this. Yes. So give them the backstory, girl. Give them the breakdown. As you can see, I'm in my car, and this is just a perfect depiction of what life really looks like for me every single day. (laughs) So what is it that you do? Because you know my audience don't know. They want to know what you do. So I'm Tisha, better known as The Contractor. I am a female contractor. This is a newer business for me. I've been doing it for the last year, between one to two years now. But my background is actually in social work. So I worked as a social worker for the last 17 years. So I'm multitasking my regular day job career and a full-time business and a mom is of three. So right now over, I'm in Baltimore. So it's 8.30. This is dinner time. So my kids are running rampant in the house. There's, there's no silence there for me to have a meeting. <laughs> so what are the ages of your kids? My oldest son is 16. My middle son is seven and my daughter is four. Girl, yeah, you got your hands full. Very so, much so. You know the reason why I fell in love with you. Because first of all, you freaking killing it. Not only Thank was you. you on the Sister Sandra daytime talk show, but you freaking killing it. You sexy as I don't know what. So <laughs> I would never visualize seeing a woman that looked like you with a freaking hammer. And I'll be seeing you like cutting stuff, putting up your, come on, give us the breakdown. What is your business like? So my business started about two years ago when I was needing to renovate my house. I didn't have enough money to renovate my house to the way that I liked it. And I had gone through a previous renovation. So I, I knew the ins and outs. I've always been really, really good with my hands. And although I didn't really think of myself as a creative, when you need to do what you need to do, 
you need to do what you got to do. And so I started doing some of these tasks myself. I taught my, between God and YouTube, there really is nothing that you can't get done. So I did a lot of research. I'm really, really good when it comes to researching things. I ask a lot of questions and I just got down to the nitty gritty. And so I started doing the stuff. I started documenting my journey on social media and people started to love it. I think part of this journey or a big part of this journey has been the trials and the tribulations. Cause I don't pretend that I know everything. You know, a lot of this is learning. A lot of the jobs that I started doing over the last year were things I've done. This was the first time, you know, I documented and I've always been really transparent about that. And people seem to really enjoy it over time. The business started to build and people were like, I'd like for you to come and do these things. Right. So I started to focus on accent walls, feature walls with the wood paneling. I went to a class, a two day workshop to kind of like hone in on my skills with that. And it's been up ever since. So come on, we're not going to fake it. You are in a male dominated field. How Absolutely. is it? You know, I thought that it was going to be more difficult than it was for me. And I don't know why. I believe that part of that for me is like, I don't see competition. I'm in competition with myself. I'm not worried about people's opinions. I'm not concerned about whether people doubt me or not. I have never lived in a box. No one could ever put me in a box. So it wasn't so outside of the norm for me to do something like this. When I first initially started, I did get the side eye sometimes when I was at the Home Depot and guys were like, my favorite is when they come up and they're like, oh, hi, ma'am, do you need a contractor? I'm like, I am the contractor. I'm good. For real, that part. Yeah. But I feel like I, especially since my journey was all on social media, people very quickly, you know, even if they originally thought that it was kind of gimmicky, like, oh, it's just a pretty girl. She's, you know, she's acting like she's doing it, but somebody else is doing the work. Once they started to look at my stuff online, they were like, oh, she does know what she's doing. Right. So I think I was able to overcome some of that difficulty pretty quickly. And I think that I've just continued to push despite anything else. You know, I was drawn to your story because most people will allow for their past to define their future. It'll paralyze them, stop them dead in their tracks. So what was the biggest thing that you think calls for you to just say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it? Well... The most significant thing for me really was definitely my divorce. I got divorced two years ago. And I don't want to tell too much of my story because, you know, I'm going to be talking. Girl, you're going to be telling them on the stage so you can't give them all the tea. I, I, can't, I can't tell them all the tea. But getting a divorce definitely was a significant factor. It pushed me to limits that I didn't know I was capable of getting to. And really having to focus on rebuilding myself. And what did I want that to look like? And having this mm. idea in the back of my head, like no one's going to tell me what that looks like. I'm going to figure out what that is on my own. And I'm going to create that lane for myself if that's what's necessary. And that was it. So was this something that was instilled in you as a young girl? Or was this something that you found yourself that you developed over time? In terms of the skills or in terms of the mindset? The mindset. So I, the mindset was definitely something that was instilled in me at, at a young age. I was very fortunate to be blessed with some really good people around me throughout different ages and stages of my life. My mom 
and my grandmother being top of that list and always saying to me, you know, you can really do anything you put your mind to. I was very aware from my mom that I was a good looking girl. She always said I was beautiful and you're so pretty and whatever, but she never ever let that get to my head. And she made it very clear that I needed to have something between the ears is what she would call. You know, she's like, your pretty face will get you in the room, but you need to know what you're talking about to stay there. And I kept that with me through my entire life. So what are some of the things that you tell your daughter? I tell her the same thing. It's so crazy. I waited a very long time to have a daughter. I didn't think I was going to have any, you know, 16, <laughs> about 12 years. And I was like, I don't think, I think it's only boys I can make. And so having a daughter and her looking exactly like me too, is just like, it still freaks me out to this day. But I see myself when I look at her. And so it feels really easy for me to say those things back to her because that was what was, you know, poured into me. And I truly believe that. I believe that for myself and I absolutely believe that for my daughter. And I want to set a good example for her to show her that people look at me all the time and they, you know, I got blonde hair. I like to dress up. I wear tight clothes. I wear heels and stuff when I go to my day job. And they always have this like look in their eye like something's not adding up. That's your truck. This is the work that you're doing. Like, right. I love that look. I live for that. I want her to see that and know like any assumptions that they want. You don't have to live up to any of that. You could do exactly what you feel is best for you and live a life that makes you happy. Oh, I love it. So when it comes down to you being a mompreneur and you work with children that are in the foster care system, and you straight killing this whole construction game. How do you balance or is there any balance? In the realm of finding balance. It has been extraordinarily difficult in balancing <laughs> a full-time career and being a mom in being an entrepreneur. I'm new to this entrepreneur life. Like a lot of people, this is their diehard. They're serial entrepreneurs. They've been doing it for years. This is entirely brand new for me thinking from a business mindset, from a bigger mindset, worrying about something 24 hours a day instead of, you know, like, I leave my job, I'm out of here. It's been a struggle. And things suffered along the way. There was times where my kids did not see me for a couple of days because I was working on projects. There was times where I was at work and I really felt like my clients at work were not getting the best of me. Or when my business, you know, I had clients that I was needed to call back and follow up with quotes. And I wasn't following up with that because I just like, I didn't have the capacity. In the last couple months, I've been really assessing my mental health, my physical, mental, spiritual well-being, understanding that I can't do all of those things and do them well. So today was actually the day that I stepped down from my position as a social worker. Congratulations. Yeah. So it was terrifying. My heart is pumping out of my chest just even thinking about it. Like, I have three degrees in social work. Like this is my life. This is all I've ever done. So to step away from that. And but it must, it's scary. But also to know that you are walking in something that you created. Yeah. It's a phenomenal, an absolutely phenomenal feeling. It's not something I had anticipated. In the last year, I've had questions. Every single interview, every conversation I've had, people always ask the same question. So when are you ready to leave your job? And I was like, I don't want to leave my job. I love being a social worker. Since the beginning of 2023, I created a program called the Contractor Women's Workshop. It's a DIY workshop. 
And through these workshops, I'm able to empower women and teach them these skills to promote self-sufficiency, also to promote a level of healing, which is what I found through doing like the construction, through building things with my hands. So I really feel like it allowed me to create a little baby of the two things that I love so much, Amen. which is construction and the social work. And so I feel really at peace with that. Amen. I said it was so crazy because I was on a show earlier today and the same question was asked to me about balance. You know, I did share. I really don't feel like there's no such thing as balance because you're cheating on somebody, whether you're yeah. cheating on your job, your kids, somebody. But how did you get into the mental space to say, you know what? What I am doing is not going to only impact my kids, but also impact the lives around me with you making that shift. So I had a conversation as a social worker. You have to in the field that I was in, you have to have meetings with a social worker that has a higher licensor than you. And I had a conversation with my person a couple weeks ago, and she said something that's really stuck with me and really shifted my mindset. And she said, Anytime we look at things that you value, there's two main ways that we look at value. It's either by monetary, what something costs, or with how much time you spend on it. And she's like, anytime we talk about something that we really value, so like, let, let's use your kids, for example, and we say, I really love my kids. My kids are the most important to me, but you don't spend any time with them. Something's not adding up. And so I sat back with that and I understand that I do really, really love working as a social worker. I love my family. I love my kids. I love my job. But I had to think about like, what do I really value? What's going to take me to the next level in my life? What is bringing me a sense of fulfillment on a regular basis? And that's what I had to like really sit with. It took wow. me a while. It was not an overnight thing. But I was really grateful for that conversation because I felt like that, you know, sometimes you hear somebody say something and it sticks with you for the rest of your life. That was right. one of those for me. That was one of the, the, the key factors. Beautiful. So what do you think was probably mo one of the most challenging things making that shift? I'm trying not to be emotional when I think about it. Very fortunate that I've been good at a lot of things. If I put my mind to something, it's go. And I wanted to be so good at all of these things. And I was like, I can do this. I know I can. Like, it seems crazy, but I can do all three of these things. And really realizing that I'm not taking an L by stepping back from something. Like, there is strength in identifying that you're vulnerable, that this might be a weakness for you. There's strength in that. And so reflecting on that and realizing, you know, the most important thing really for me is my kids. And if I feel like I'm juggling a couple of these different things and it's taking away from my patience with my kids, my time with my kids, then something's not adding up and I need to make a change. So what was your most rewarding? In terms of? You making this shift. I don't know yet because this literally happened today, like literally four hours ago. Because, you know, both of us did the same thing. I did mine yesterday. Right? <laughs> I did mine what? yesterday. Yeah, I resigned yesterday. In yeah. the moment, I just feel a sense of relief and I'm excited to have clarity. I felt like there's so many things going on and so many things that I need to have attention to. 
and I felt like I was dropping the ball everywhere. So I'm excited about the idea of having clarity so that I can really tackle things the way that I'm used to. So what would you say when you first became an entrepreneur, what was one of the first things that you were like, you know what? I really wish I would have known this before I stepped into this arena. I really wish I would have known how much I was going to rely on other people. Wow. You know, running your own business, you're like, I'm my own boss. I run the show. It goes the way that I want to. This is my baby. I very quickly realized that it doesn't matter how passionate I am about it, how good I might be at a certain skill. I need help. I need support. I need a team. I need people who I trust. I need people who trust me. I need people who believe in my vision to bring it to life. And I can't do any of this by myself. Wow. So what would you say was probably one of your biggest assets? I think one of my biggest assets is that I show up as myself everywhere, in every space, and it never changes. People know what to expect, and that, that goes for the clients that I work with, that goes with the, you know, my team as I'm continuing to build it. I think my story and who I am and my transparency really resonates with people. And that has been really helpful in terms of, you know, making that real connection and building a rapport with clients or people who, you know, participants in my workshops, as well as building my team. I have only a couple people on my team right now, but like they are die hard, the contractor Amen. people, you know? And so showing up as myself, I feel like people, they feel that and, it's created a really good working environment for me. Oh, I love it. What is one of the biggest impacts that you want to have with this legacy that you're building right now? This is such a good question. I want to expand the reach of my workshops. Originally, I was just feeling like, you know, people in the area, it just keeps growing. So people in the area, I'm going to teach these workshops and hopefully they'll come. And then it grew to like people across the country are signing up and I'm going to other cities to run my workshops. Girl, I'm like, you've already been on a daytime talk show. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the skills. I want to teach the skills. But right next to that is I want to set an example. I want young girls. I want other women. I want people in general to see representation black women come on you know i know i I continue to use this terminology but like it it sits so close to my heart it just i i don't want to be in a box and i don't want anybody else to feel like they're in a box like really and it doesn't have to be what i'm doing it doesn't mean come and into this the you know skilled trades but it it really is just about a representation of like i came from nothing like the the stats against me were saying nah sis this is not happening sis i overcame that there was nothing that was put in my way that i said you know what you got me it's over for me like i just didn't have that in my spirit and so at the forefront of everything is always keeping god first and so i'm not gonna pretend like all that is me but i really want my legacy to be like i was a good representative and I set a good example to women and young girls that the possibilities are endless. So what is a, something that you would teach your young men? 
what I would teach our young men. How long we got? We got, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm looking. We got about four more minutes, but you're good. I would teach our young men to be gentle. You know, I can't speak for everybody else's experiences, but I think for myself and a lot of the Black women that I know, we've ended up in these positions often because we had to. We had to be strong. We had to get it done. There's nobody else that we can count on. And sometimes that's even difficult. Like, I consider myself a boss. Sometimes that doesn't work so well in a relationship because I'm the boss and I'm used to being mm -hmm. the boss. Um, and it takes a certain level of somebody to be gentle with me at some point because I'm used to being rough. I'm used to being and getting everything done and everything's my responsibility and there's no backup plan. So be gentle with us from a young age. So people don't have to be as hardened as I've been. <laughs> but you know what is leading me to ask you this, because when you say that, I think about how I was raised. And I was raised in a two-parent household, my mother and father, more so my father pushing it on us. But I watched not only in my relationships with my husband, but with other people, exactly what you said. We always got to be strong. You know what I'm saying? How do you know how to balance? I know with me, I had to learn that my husband was the head. I'm like, no, I'm the head. You know what I'm saying? But it also put me in a space where I had to learn how to be vulnerable. And that part, I did not like. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't like mm -hmm. it. And I, I watch where is a lot of women of color. We're so strong. And not that we always want to be. I agree. So it's like, how do you deal with that? Especially when we're raising our daughters. Because I'm looking at, I'm doing it to mine. I always tell my daughter, God bless the child that has his own. Mm -hmm. There's amazing single mothers out here. You can do it. But I'm like, I really don't know if I really should be speaking that to her. That is such a good point. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I think that we're all just going to be figuring it out together because I want to instill independence in my daughter. I want her to feel strong, but it's really important for her to also know that vulnerability is also important. Yeah. And that you just don't know how life is going to go. That's the difficulty. You just have no idea how life is going to go. And for you to be vulnerable, there has to be a safe space created. And so okay. that's really where that starts. I think maybe the focus really needs to be on maybe teaching our, our daughters about being our, their ability to assess situations and know how to show up in these different situations. And when you have this safe space, how to facilitate and how to foster that and be able to turn you know, some of these other characteristics down, not that they're bad, not that you shouldn't have them, but to know where even when where you don't. But it's like what Paula just said. Paula just said, we still come off as feminine 
And a lot of times we take the feminine part with the style, the look, the walk. Yeah. But we don't take the feminine part in the role. You get what I'm saying? A- That's why I said it's like girl we gotta get back on another day you know i'm telling you this is a whole other line of discussion it is a difficult balance and again i don't know i think this is one of those things that the balance shifts right sometimes it's a little bit of this more of this and sometimes it's a little bit more of that each of us come to every situation from our own looking at it through our own lens from our own experiences and so especially with me coming off of a divorce like two years ago i'm probably a little like a little rougher you know (laughs) it's all a work in progress and just having the ability to reflect and be open to growing because none of us are going to have the right answers we're not going to be able to know you know what works for me to tell my daughter is not necessarily going to work for you to tell your daughter right Mm -hmm. so just the ongoing openness to being willing to learn learn from each other learn from our experiences and know that if there's anything we know is that we know nothing at all come on that part (laughs) that part yes that is so true girl i gotta have you back again and we can't spill all the tea because they gotta come and see what you're doing and how you're making it happen with the seven figure boss summit so how can they connect with you the best way to connect with me is always on instagram that's where i keep all of my stuff so it's the contract underscore her or you can visit me on my website, www.thecontractor.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. I would love you guys' support. Follow my content. You'll be thoroughly entertained for sure. That's like that. <laughs> <laughs> on today's episode of Tisha's The Contractor. Um, but I'm super looking forward to joining you at the summit. I have been working diligently on my presentation. I, I see it, girl. I see it. Yeah. So what can they expect for you next? What you got popping? Workshops across the country. I will be coming to a city near you for the contractor three-day DIY workshop. Invest in yourself, build up these skills, self-sufficiency, protect your investment, and let's have a good time while we do it. Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, you've heard it from her. You heard it from Tish Grant. She's showing y'all how to make million-dollar choices. Don't allow for your past to define your future and walk in it. But most of all, come and check out and see what she got ready for you at the Seven Figure Boss Summit. Thank you so much, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. All right, girl, you have a blessed one. Hey guys, I am super excited for what I am getting ready to actually bring up to y'all next. Next, I'll be bringing Brenda Myers on Failing Forward at eight o'clock. So I need for y'all, if y'all have not gotten y'all tickets already, make sure you get your tickets because I want to see y'all in the room. All right. So until then, I will be back. Y'all go out and make million dollar choices and have a blessed day and see you in like two minutes. Okay, so how did you enjoy this episode? Do you have a lesson, a takeaway, or a story from the episode that you'll like to share with other people? I would love to know. Let me know your thoughts of your favorite moments, 
and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform or help text on my IG at the seven figure boss. And if you're still here, thank you. Thanks for being a part of my mission to educate young girls and women about financial freedom. I do it so they know that they can have it all and create it all by themselves. If you enjoyed this conversation, please help me to reach out to more people. And as always, go out and remember, make million dollar choices.